This, 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 this is mythical. Hello, friends. As you know, a brand new season of Best Friends Back All Right returns next week on October 14th. But we have a, a special report, is what I'm calling it today. Um, we felt like today's topic deserved a fully dedicated piece. So with that, Nagin, why don't you, if you could, start off by telling us what is, because I think we've all heard echoes, but but what is happening in Iran? And and just can you can you fill us in with the details that we may not know? Yeah. Iran is in its third week of back-to-back daily protests across the country that are calling for an end of the existing regime and demanding human rights. This has been a really um, rough, very emotionally volatile um, three weeks for any Iranian that you'll talk to. Um, And that's because people are being murdered in the streets. They're being arrested. They're being abducted from their homes, um, from school. They've been taken to prison. And it's because people have had enough. Um, I'll get into like why they have had enough. But um, just to give you guys a sense of the scale of murder, that is happening. Um, last week, dozens of people in a city in the south of Iran called Zahedan experienced a massacre of around 70 people. This is a part of Iran that has a Sunni Muslim population. They are a minority. Iran is a Shia Muslim country. Um, but they were massacred after Friday prayers. On Sunday, this is just a few days ago, students and professors from a few universities, including Sharif University, which is the equivalent of like a Harvard, Yale, MIT, but turbocharged. They have like more smart people in that university Mm -hmm. than anywhere I know. Um, Police have targeted these schools and they've trapped students and professors on campus. The routes to and from these schools have been blocked and we are seeing video footage of bullets being shot. There are reports of students that are being apprehended, 20 to 30 people at a time, taken to Evin prison, which is the highest security prison in Iran. And it's most notorious um, for having, you know, political dissidents in it. And I mean, it's just been really scary because every single day we're waking up, we're, you know, many hours behind Iran, but we're waking up hoping for something positive. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing these amazing stories of people that are just going out onto the streets and, and fighting and fighting back. And they're not fighting with weapons, by the way. This is just like people going out onto the street, demonstrating, demanding with their voices that they want the end of the, they want to see the end of the regime. They want their human rights. But there are also these videos of police literally like covering the heads of these students as they take them away, literally abducting them or kidnapping. I don't know what the right word from it is, but they're they're taking these students to prison. And I guess the the question is why? What what is what is the reason that yeah. all of this started? How did all of this start? Yeah. To give you a sense of how this all started, so September 16th, a few weeks ago, a Kurdish-Iranian woman named Masa Jina Amini died in the custody of the Islamic Republic's morality police. Okay, so morality police is a very strange thing. And there's, um, I, I can link in the show notes to a great creator 
who does kind of a, a overview of their history. But in general, it's a branch of the police that has the power to punish people for not obeying the religious code. Okay. And in this case, they took her in because she wasn't wearing her scarf, her hijab properly on her head, which is, I mean, the, the morality police is a outrageous group of people. The way they act is super irrational. If you look at pictures of Gina, she was actually so modestly dressed. And she looked like an ordinary person mm -hmm. in Iran, okay? But she's taken into custody, and um, she dies in custody. And the government claims that she died of pre-existing conditions, okay? That this 22-year-old woman died of a heart attack. But photos of Massa were taken at the hospital um, where she was in a coma, and clearly, you can see that she suffered a beating, that she had head wounds, um, and she ultimately dies. And um, the reason that we know or that we even have these pictures is because a photographer went into the hospital, took these photos, and shared them with the world. That photographer, by the way, has now been arrested and also sent sent to prison. But when people saw these photos, they poured out into the streets because people saw themselves in Massa. Mm -hmm. Like I told you, she's this super ordinary young woman and people saw their sister in her. They saw their daughter in her. They saw themselves in her. And she was this ordinary woman who had something extraordinarily terrible done to her. And so in the wake uh, of that news, women and men, but women in droves, have been going out onto the streets. They have been leading these protests. They've been at the helm of them, really. They've been chanting for Massa, for human rights. And some of the images are just some of the most powerful I've ever seen. They're ripping their veils off. They're burning them in an act of defiance. They're cutting their hair. And I don't believe they're doing that to say Islam is bad. They're doing it because the Islamic Republic has mm -hmm. used the scarf, has used the veil as a way of controlling women. Yeah. And they've used it as this kind of, this physical representation of their power. And it's one of the many ways that they have bastardized re religion to control people. And so I say that because I think it's important for people to know that this is not necessarily an anti-Islamic movement. Yeah. It's a movement against an Islamic regime that has manipulated re religion to its benefit. Um, and I say that because in the streets, you'll probably see women wearing hijab and women not wearing hijab that are out on these protests. You see conservative people and liberals going out in the streets because Massa's kind of Massa's death represents so much that has gone wrong in Iran over the last yeah 40 plus years. So it's 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 simply not about head coverings it's it's representative exactly. of something larger. So what what do the people in the streets and and the people coming out against the regime ultimately what is their ask and what what are they fighting for because it's not just about head coverings. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a little bit of context, since 1979, Iran has been in a Islamic republic. Before that, it was in a monarchy, which was also not a fantastic system, I might add, but it became an Islamic regime in 1979. And so for 43 years, 
Iranians have been living in a kind of dictatorship that has left the country depleted of its natural resources. The smartest people in the country have left the country because there just aren't these opportunities. And they have repressed so many religious and ethnic minorities and women. And this, these, these protests, these demonstrations are really about this freedom from compulsion, right? This freedom, uh, this bodily freedom. They want sovereignty. They want the ability to govern themselves and not be governed by these old ass theocrats mm -hmm. who are completely out of touch with the reality of Iran and have been have been that way for a very long time. And so I think it's sovereignty and freedom of compulsion. That's what they're yeah. what what they want. And this isn't the first, you know, protests that have happened. So right. what? What makes these so distinct in comparison with the protests that have happened in the past? You're right. There have been there have been a number of protests in Iran's history, many of them powerful. But what makes this one distinct from the others in the past are a few things. One of them is that women are at the center and at the helm of this movement. Okay. They are the ones leading this movement. Another one is that. Gen Z is responsible for so much of what we're seeing online and what is fueling this mm -hmm. movement. They are pushing the boundaries. They are like the people under 25 who are so in touch <laughs> with what is possible from the internet and so fed up with what has been imposed on them that they have really been kind of throwing out all of the old rules of, of demonstrations and protest and doing it their own fucking way. Mm -hmm. And they that has been so amazing, amazing to see. Like, it's also super scary because for three weeks now, by the time you guys hear this, maybe up to four, young people are the ones who have been going out on the street, risking their lives mm -hmm. to just be heard, right? Another really interesting thing is that it is so many women, but it's not just women. You're seeing women and men um, hand in hand, you're seeing men supporting women, protecting women, fighting off the fighting off the policemen, and um, it's not just the intellectuals that are out there. It's not just working class. It's all classes that are out there. It's across age groups. It's rural and and urban. In the past, some of these demonstrations have been focused in the capital or bigger cities. Mm -hmm. You can see these these these. Um, protests happening all over the country. And so there's such mass support, which I think is something that distinguishes it from previous communities. Um, I saw a video of these older men. They, they had to be like 65 plus, thousands of older men that were from the bazaar. They were the like the uh, merchants mm -hmm. um, of a pretty religious city that were protesting. It was all men. They were pushing away the policemen. They were like, they were speaking out against what happened to Massa, and they were saying down with, so a very, I will say, a very popular Iranian chant in a mm -hmm. protest is death to fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're saying death to the dictator, death to Khamenei, the, the supreme leader, death to Raisi, the, the president. This is like a big freaking deal to say yeah. death to the leader of your own country. But they, but they in front of the policemen. Y y what you're saying though is that even people who are on this more conservative, perhaps like 
more religious side of mm-hmm. things are on the side of being able to choose if you want to yes, live that life exactly. and follow that or if you don't. And then this idea of being killed because you don't follow this particular lifestyle, they've decided, like, no, that's not for us. Like, we believe in this in this particular m- more stringent, perhaps more conservative thing, but that does not mean that other people have to believe in it or they should be punished for believing it. I think it. it's a mix. I think it's people saying enough. Everybody, I feel like, has felt a level of repression in Iran, and it has come to a head. Mm-hmm. And and seeing the way that women, who everybody has women in their family who have had to deal with the morality police, right? And so I think it's a it's like a shared experience that everyone can understand, and it's completely ridiculous. I think it has to do, like you said, with people saying enough of using religion, at, like trying to have everyone conform to the same yeah. religion. People have had enough. And something that has been such a rallying cry for Iranians in Iran and outside of Iran is the is the chant, right? Um, Zan Zendegi Azadi. That translates to woman, life, freedom. It, it's a Persian translation of a Kurdish militant slogan that was repeated by Masa's uh, or Gina's mom at her funeral, hmm. right? Woman, life, freedom. It's such a hopeful Instead of saying death to, mm-hmm. it's such a hopeful chant that has been, that's something that everyone can identify with. And what I thought was kind of interesting about the origin of that, of that phrase was that her, her mother said this at her funeral, which was a really private, intimate event, mm-hmm. right? It was something that the government was not allowing them to, to, to mourn publicly, but somebody had a video camera at the funeral, projected it. Everyone saw it or reposted it, and that became the rallying cry of the demonstration. It was something that everybody could say without, like, you know, you could believe in woman life yeah. freedom, freedom without saying death to whatever. Yeah. yeah. So this has been such a this this movement has caught on so quickly around Iran and and around the seeing, world. Yeah. Around the world, and you're seeing like just today I was seeing videos of these schoolgirls running out the regional director of education out of the schoolyard. So imagine like 500 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds running after this guy, telling him to get the hell out, right? Terrifying. Like nothing scary. Terrifying. Nothing scarifying <laughs> that a, bu- a bunch of preteens yeah. <laughs> screaming at you. You have kids that are pulling they're ripping out the pages of their textbooks that have the um the picture of the supreme leader in it Mm -hmm. they're ripping it out of their textbooks and throwing it down the hallway people are like chanting and singing this this amazing song that we'll play for you guys at the end but there's an artist in iran named shervin hajipur he's young iranian artist who wrote a song during these demonstrations Mm -hmm. that was comprised of a lot of tweets that people had put out um, about the revolution. And he put them together and composed the most beautiful song. It makes me cry every time I hear it. Um, Everybody around the world in Iran is singing that song at the protests. Mm. A week ago, I went to a protest that that was happening all around the world, these solidarity protests. Mm -hmm. So, and we found out that at every one of these protests that were in 150 cities around the world, they were playing his song and everybody was singing. 
That's so along powerful. to it. And it's just like we're crying, we're singing, and this anthem is just is representing what everyone is fighting for, which is like a chance. Yeah. A chance. And and people singing it together, I think is really representative of of people coming together and being yeah. able to to have like one voice in that way. Yes. And not being not being, you know, there's so many things so many, so many issues that Iran, Ir- Iranian people have with each other, mm-hmm. like any other society, yeah. right? There's no single idea or ideal of what would work. But right now, there is such unity over this idea that it's, we're not asking for reform. We're asking for a wholesale regime change, yeah. which is something that has also not happened in, yeah. in 40 years. And so what's been Really beautiful is there's so many people around the world that are saying things, so many Iranians. There's, I will say there's always a risk, and I think a lot of Iranians feel this, there's always a risk for speaking out. Yeah, that they'll be targeted and, and put in prison and kidnapped and murdered and all yeah, the things Yeah, but this that is are... for Iranians abroad too. Oh, yeah. Because every yeah. time, yeah, you say something, you post something, you think, if I want to go back to Iran, are they going to... Am I going to get in trouble yeah. for this? Yeah, I mean, just just this particular thing that you're doing is extremely brave to to dedicate this this piece to to inform. I mean, I I think that the main thrust behind why we wanted to do this particular piece is, I think what what I'd love to end on is like, how can our friends listening help? Like, how can yeah. we be a support to the people who need yeah. that support? And really, like, just. Just the what you've said so far about educating everyone on on the different facets of the conversation and the event timeline and what what people are fighting for. Yeah. How can we amplify that voice? Because my hope and assumption is that all of our friends listening are on the right side uh, here. So how can we? Yeah. And and I will say I want to thank that a number of people have reached out to me from from our like podcast friends who have asked what they can do. And it means, it means a lot. So there are two free things that everyone can do. Okay. Okay. The first one is support by resharing, reposting stories and using the hashtags that the demonstrations are using. Why this is important is that we have to keep the story alive despite Tens of thousands of pe- over a hundred thousand people around the world coming out for demonstrations last week in solidarity. No major media outlet covered the protests. Huh. Right, really bizarre. Um, so keeping the story alive that has been done just by people on social media. Right, mm-hmm. but keep it going. Reshare the videos that you see. The posts about what's happening in Iran. I understand that it can feel like you're paying lip service by just reading something and reposting it, right? But in this case, Iranian people have asked for it. They have said, keep sharing our story because they're screaming. It's like they're screaming into this echo chamber. And what is keeping so much of the momentum going is this feeling that they are not demonstrating in a vacuum, Yeah, that the people around the world are seeing them and hearing them and saying something about it. And the government is counting on the story dying out, okay? They've shut down the internet in so many parts of the country. They've limited mobile access. 
And in like Zahedan, the city I told you where they had the massacre of 70 people, the internet is still out, Yeah, right? They're hoping that people aren't able to get the stories out of what's happening. And I know there's organizations, I know that there's an organization up in San Francisco, I believe, that's purely dedicated to restoring the internet and trying to make sure that communications are, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, I, and I'll talk about that one just a second. Okay, great. Um, because that's a great one. And so- you can come to my profile and see what I post, but I will also put some stuff in the show notes cool. to, to, for you to see who are, the, who are the reputable people for you to follow. But when you are posting, use the Masa Amini, Amini hashtag, use the Iran protest hashtag. That's a way for you to search what's happening, but also to share and show, show your support. Because Iranian people aren't asking for an intervention, Okay, they're asking for coverage. They're just mm -hmm. asking for attention. And um, it's just a nice way to remind people that they aren't suffering individually, right? The other major way that you can support is by helping circumvent internet censorship, okay? There are two ways of doing this. It's very, this is a very easy and really important one to do, mostly because the regime is trying to control what information is going in and out of Iran, right? By shutting down mobile access, like I said, severely restricting internet access. WhatsApp and Instagram, for example, have been the biggest targets. So when Iranians manage to get a few minutes of day uh, a day on, on the internet, mm -hmm. they are using VPNs, they're using internet proxies to bypass, right? And the way that we can help is run something called Snowflake. It's a browser extension. So um, it doesn't work on a mobile device. You have to use it on your desktop or your laptop, but you can become an internet proxy. It took me two minutes to download or to like go through the process of downloading it, but you basically leave your browser on and then you see how many people you have helped circumvent censorship in the last 24 hours. So for me, when I open it now, it says 25 people. There is a lot of great information on the Snowflake uh, website, but this is run by um, the Tor Group, which um, does work with the San Francisco organization that you that you talked about. But it's not like downloading something funky onto your yeah. computer. You There's even a way of just opening a tab and running it if you don't want to have a... Uh, browser extension. The other way of helping is becoming a signal proxy. This will help Iranians gain access to Signal, which is an encrypted messaging service, right? And so this is just another way, again, of helping them bypass the government restrictions and the blocking of Signal. And we'll put these these URLs in the yeah. show notes so that you can just click and read about them. And yeah, okay, and decide and decide what works. So number one, reshare post keep posting. Number two is help circumvent internet censorship. I mean, it feels very like matrixy to be doing this kind of stuff, but it's very simple and very straightforward. The last one, if you want more, show up to a protest in your town. It means the fucking world when non-Iranians show up to events like that. I had a couple of my uh, good friends who are not Iranian show up and I just... I don't know. I mean, emotionally, this is a very difficult time for a lot of Iranians, but seeing the visual of seeing people that are not from your community care about your community makes makes a big difference. So if you are in any any city, all of our friends listening, how do you, you have advice on like the best way to find one of those uh, protests to go and join? Yeah, the the account I recommend following is at Middle East Matters. 
It's on Instagram at Middle East Matters. Okay. They have been posting all the information on kind of these centrally organized uh, protests. Okay. So I think that's the best the best place to go. Okay. I'd love to end um, by playing a song that has become the anthem of all of these protests. It was written by the artist I told you about, Shervin Hajipur. He used the tweets about the protest to compose a song after it was downloaded 40 million times, wow. he was arrested. We don't know what his status is, um, but the song has become an anthem, and they, the government, the police made him take his so- the song down. But by the time they had done it, 40 million people had downloaded it, yeah. and it could not be <laughs> it could not be taken down. And so everybody has been playing it. It's beautiful. I'll link to a version of it that you can watch where you see the translation of what he's saying. Great. But thanks guys for, for listening. Thank you for supporting. And um, thanks for sharing with us. I think all of this is a reminder that we're all experiencing, you know, a version yeah. of this. Right. And, and women, women life freedom is a, is a phrase that we can all get behind. We can all get behind it. So um, yeah. If you if you took the time to listen to today's uh, special report, then please take the time to take some kind of action after, even if it's just telling family and friends what you learned. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Woman, life, freedom, guys. <laughs> این هوای آلوده برای ولی از رو درخت های فرسوده برای پیروز و احتمال انقرازش برای سگ های بیگناه ممنوعه برای گریه های بیوقفه برای تصویر تکرار این لحظه برای چهره ای که میخنده برای دانش آموزا برای هاینده برای اجباری برای نخبه های زندانی برای کودکان افغانی برای این همه برای غیر تکراری برای این همه شعارهای تو خالی برای آوار خونه های پوشالی برای احساس آرامش برای خرشی پس از شبای طولانی برای غرصای حساب و بیخوابی برای مرد میهن آبادی برای دختری که آرزو داشت پسر بود برای زن زندگی آزادی Oh, yeah.